The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Uh, greetings and welcome to Capital Weekly's regular podcast. I'm John Howard. I'm joined by Tim Foster. Hello. And we have Andrew Mendoza, Executive Director of the College Republicans at UC Davis. Right. And we have Nicholas Francois, President of the College Republicans at UC Davis. Yep. So I've got the titles right. That's, that's <laughs> partly successful right there. So we wanted to talk to you. Um, the, the incident recently out at UC Davis about uh, with Milo Yiannopoulos and Martin Shkreli. Uh, originally going to talk, then didn't talk. There were campus protests. Can you kind of walk us through a little bit, uh, Andrew? Andrew, uh, you know, can you tell us what was going on out there? What what happened out there? So, um, what we understand is that um, there was a professional protesting group that was bussed into um, Davis from the Bay Area, uh-huh. known as By Any Means Necessary. Um, they had an incident in Sacramento on June 26 of 2016 where a lot of people walked away um, injured. A couple people were stabbed. And, oh, the um, Nazi incident. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So um, those people were at our protest or were at our event and they were um, barring the doors. They had tubes to link arms and form a human barricade. They ended up throwing the barricade that the police provided. Really? And um, it was it was by very much um, a violent protest. They threw hot coffee at a reporter. Um, I had heard of people getting strangled that were there in support. And um, with the reporters, we wanted to strangle a couple of reporters every <laughs> yeah. now and then, but I guess they escaped. Okay. The, your account differs from the official UC Davis account. And I know you, yeah, there's so, sort of been a back and forth on that. They claim, they claim this was a nonviolent protest. We were able to meet with Davis, um, yesterday and they should be mm-hmm. issuing a statement to say that it was a violent protest. Um, and they're doing a personnel check into a psychiatrist that was on site. She was wearing a Women's March on Washington shirt and was overtly political while she was there, although she was supposed to be providing mental health for anyone at our event that um, needed it. And um, she um, she said to the press that it was a nonviolent protest and that it was going that it was peaceful. So there, we're asking for an apology from her because it misrepresented um, what was happening and it misrepresented the club. And she was informed by the police chief or the chief of police that. Um, that it was a violent protest, and that's why she was moved inside where the press was. Were most so, of the students or, or the participants, uh, uh, Nick, were they uh, UC Davis students, or were they, like you mentioned, were they all out from outside? They come from the Bay Area? Or? Uh, some of them were students of Davis, but a lot of the ones, especially the ones that were more violent, were from yeah. the by any means necessary. Uh, okay. um, There's kind of a few different sides of the, the protests and different things. Um, one of them, a few of them even uh, had signs saying, uh, what was it, protect all speech, even hate speech. So there was even some that were in favor of Milo. Yeah. Those were definitely the minority of the <clears throat> protesters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there was the the protests that started off as a, an average protest, but then as things started to progress, it ended up becoming into this very violent protest. And well, they were throwing she, around barricades and things like that, as, as Andrew had just mentioned. So. Well, was Martin invited first, or was uh, Milo invited, um, or how did that... So Milo was invited, and Martin was going to attend as a guest. So we okay. were informed that he was coming, and we um, made adjustments accordingly. Did he want to speak also with... I mean, um, did he want to be... That's the interesting thing. So 
Martin was actually going to um, defend feminism, and he was going to kind of have a, a battle of ideas with Milo, because they disagree on a lot of stuff. We actually got to talk to him um, while we were at the Hyatt, um, once the protests had um, just derailed the event, and we went to go and meet with him to plan our march the next day, and yeah. we got to spend quite some time with Martin Scarley. He's a really interesting guy. Um, I, I walked away with a lot of different insights from that conversation. Didn't buy any drugs or anything from him. Or Absolutely not. Probably couldn't afford it. You know? <laughs> no, and, and it's interesting because you know when when you had announced not you but your organization had announced the Milo Yiannopoulos was going to speak. He's definitely a member. Of, you know, I think he's a Breitbart editor. He's yeah. a kind of a, an identified member of the conservative movement. Right. Uh, Shrekelli, I don't see that, and in fact, I would identify him more as sort of an outcast among wow. all movements. And I was surprised that you had had brought him on to speak because he's not. He's not the most popular person in America, let's just say that. You know, I, I think that there's a lot of value to having someone like Martin Screlly come and talk to, um, uh, to anybody and to anybody on a college campus, just because um, a lot of the insight that he gives on, for free on YouTube is investing advice. So he gives it to anyone that will listen to him. And, I mean, he does play a character much like Milo does, and um, while he hasn't quite found his niche in the media, he um, has. He's given a lot of. Um, he's given a lot back to the community. He gives um, a lot of drugs for free. He gives discounted prices if you tweet at him, and um, he has many different interests. And um, it, it it'll just depend on what um, what you want to take from Martin. And um, he's a registered Republican, and he does support Democrats financially, but it's an effort to make um, a more diverse Congress. So Martin Scarley has a lot of interesting political opinions, and um, he, maybe he's still working them all out, but um, I, I definitely was interested to hear on what he was going to say. Did you have any sense um, how many people were had signed up to come or how, what size your audience might have been if this had gone yeah. forward like you'd hoped what it, kind of it was going to be more than 500 people that were going to okay. have come so there was 500 tickets that were sold and that was the um that was the amount of people that we could fit into the lecture hall uh -huh. and we knew that there were way more people that were in line there were people that didn't know that they needed a ticket oh really okay yeah would this have been like a fundraiser for your organization no, so, no. It's, so people could donate if they wanted yeah, to uh -huh. but the tickets were free we didn't want to charge oh, for I see. Okay. free speech you know okay. kind of the irony there of you know, being charged a ticket for free speech okay. so yeah and, and the part they were donating their time to martin and, and milo were yeah yeah okay are they alumni um, so not, really not from Davis. Not from Davis. Okay. <laughs> the alumni from somewhere, though, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. I believe Yiannopoulos is from Cambridge, I think, or maybe. Yeah, he's yeah, from the yeah. UK, so I'd imagine oh, I somewhere yeah. over okay. there. Um, and I, I, someone know. asked him how he liked Oxford, and he corrected them that he went to Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like him. Yeah. After uh, this brouhaha was over, did you get any feedback from the school administration about how to do an Much. event like this in the future, or, or so, if not, do it? Or? UC Davis is going to do a full-scale um, Re, like they're going to do a reassessment of every building on campus to prepare for an event like this. So something like this never happens again. Um, and then we did hear from the administration when we tried to plan our march the next day. They denied us access to their electricity. They denied us access to parking. They denied us access to drive our guests onto campus. They put like every feasible roadblock they could in between us and having another event. Um, and we we do feel like that they um, pressured the college Republicans to cancel the event. Uh -huh. And um, our call to cancel the event, while it was made, it was made under misinformation provided from the university. Okay. They told us that there were hammers that were confiscated from um, 
protesters, and that was something that was told to the chief of police, she told us, but um, it was misinformation nonetheless. I mean, uh, demonstrators that didn't want them to participate, to appear? That's what the we were told, The hammers were yeah. taken, okay. But in reality, that was not true, okay. and um, that's what they've told the, the media reports and everything, that there were no hammers that were confiscated. What was the deal with the facility? You mentioned investigating the structure. What would that... So, uh, is there something different with the building as opposed to... Um, there's many, many things that the administration failed with in providing security for our event. It was the barricades were made out of plastic when they probably should have been heavier. There was no um, line of policemen that that should have been the barricade instead of um, whatever uh, substitute they would have had. And um, there were many, many things that the chief of police is um, going to have to reassess and is going to have to plan for, for in the future. Mm-hmm. And um, furthermore, it's it's very important that all college campuses do something like that, just because um, this is this is the new wave of what's going to be happening with um, with free speech and with the movement that um, continues on. And I mean, George Carlin said that when fascism comes to America, it's not going to be black in black and brown shirts. It's not going to be in jackoff boots. It's going to be in Nike t-shirt, Nike sneakers, and um, smiley face t-shirts. I knew it. I knew yeah. it all along. I knew that all. T- yeah. You, have you learned anything about, um, or uh, taking with what happened this time about having other guests? The next time around, you want to have guests I, for whatever, whoever, whatever political stuff, yeah, controversial so or. We're interested now in having a panel of of um, people speak on free speech. We want to plan yeah. a bigger event. We we don't want to walk away from this um, having having nothing on the record. Yeah. For, I mean, it's we good. had our march, and it was it was a fun thing, and it was really good for a lot of Milo's fans to. Um, able to interact with him because yeah. he was marching around campus they were yelling questions and he was answering how many them. fans did he have like four or five or uh, <laughs> a little humor hundred <laughs> um i saw i i the la times reported as 150 people showed up i was i looked at my pictures and i was like does this woman not know how to count because <laughs> it um and it only got more and more as we were going on because people would come and find us and join the march. I, I, I talked to a lot of um, supporters when we were at the Hyatt and that ran into me the next day and they said, like, did we miss him? And I was like, ah, oh, slightly, yeah, sorry. But um, there's there's a lot of people that are going to now go out and follow him on his tour all over California when Davis was their closest point. What would your best estimate of the numbers then be for, for Milo? Um, yes. Have you thought for the march specifically? No, just for spe- for him supporting. Oh, him. Oh. oh my God! Probably um, <laughs> in on the day of the event, there was probably around eight hundred people that came. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the march less so, just because there were so many people that traveled from all over. There was someone from Indiana that was there, and there was yeah. someone that was that yeah. had messaged me in particular and had come from Reno, and was very um, upset that we had canceled the event. But. Um, then the next day we had a great showing too. I mean, it, our Facebook post reached more than three hundred thousand people. So wow. he, he has fans all over the place. And um, is, I, is that a personality thing with him? Do you think, or is it a Breitbart? I mean, obviously he's oh, identified I, with Breitbart. And I think that while Breitbart gives him an amazing platform, I think that the ideas that Milo works with are um, ideas that. Um, college students are able to relate to and I mean his fans don't only they're not all young people there's there were a lot of old people I saw elderly people that were in line to see him yeah. which I found kind of surprising with how, how outrageous he is however um, uh, that's why we wanted to have an event like this we wanted to have um, conservative viewpoints on the campus since um, 
conservative professors are so mis uh, underrepresented in the college campus there. They represent about under 10% of social science um, professors. Um, and I mean, they're actively discriminated against in the hiring process. So to bring someone like Milo's to engage um, conservative viewpoints that are shut out of the university and shut out of the ivory tower, and it exposes some of the um, some of the, the, the hoaxes that they're able to perpetuate with their fake statistics. Mm -hmm. And I mean, a lot of people... I'm sorry, did you say fake statistics? Yeah, so, I mean, Milo I'm talks about... I'm not sure what you're... Yeah, Milo talks about in his speeches um, the statistics of... Um, Rape on a rape on college campuses, and that number that they use—I I don't recall exactly what it is. It's like one in five or something. Um, it was pulled from an adult education school, so they went and did a survey of sexual assault and what those people had experienced in their lives. And they do come from a different. I mean, when you continue edu your education later in life, you come from a different social background, you come from a different economic background than someone that's going to be a freshman at UC Davis. So people believe that that is their reality. That rape is is it's larger it's a larger conflict than in the congo where it's used as a weapon of war and i mean they believe that women are paid seven cents for every dollar off of um what a man makes and i mean when you when you really start to look at the different um economic factors of when women choose um jobs in government versus the private sector when you see the kinds of degrees that they study i mean i'm not going to be making a lot of money i study social science but i know that and um but you'll have fun yeah, and it's it's a reality. So um, people believe that they're that they're oppressed and that there's active discrimination against them. And so I'm um, sorry. You see, you're saying people meaning women. I I mean um, I I believe that a lot of men believe that that is the case as well. I I think that um, they believe that there's that kind of um, oppression going on and that kind of discrimination going on when um, in reality there there's larger factors to think about and that's something that like a conservative professor could add perspective on like someone like Thomas Sowell writes about that at length and he writes about culture and he writes about all of these things that are blocked out from um, the conversation and I, f I find it wrong and I find it to water down a lot of what I end up studying like I studied when I was at um, in this last quarter at UC Davis I studied comparative politics and my um, my professor wanted to explain far-right parties in Europe as people don't like immigrants when when in reality it's um, there's there's questions of state sovereignty with being in the EU there's questions of if your vote should count for something or if it should all be decided in somewhere like Brussels there are all these things and once you push them back you you get to hear part of the truth but if someone like I was not there or someone, or someone not as um, vocal as me was sitting in that audience, there would be 400 students that walk out thinking that people in Europe just don't like immigrants. And no, that's why they're so, voting uh, for stuff like that. But Brexit. you would... Okay. I mean, I think there's plenty of evidence that that's a significant portion of the far-right parties in, in Europe. Uh, um, that I, that's, that's a motivating factor for them. I just mean, with the, with the increased amount of support that you see with those um, parties... Um, it's something that people should understand and people should know every motivation of um, what it is because if European politics are two generations in front of American politics, we're going to be facing that in the coming time, in the coming years. And globalism is an issue that um, it should be focused on in a comparative politics class, but it's not. Nick, did you get any feedback you know, from your end as president of, uh, um, mm -hmm. after this event? Wanting to have another one, maybe even with the same yes. characters, with the same yes. cast, or if Most not, but definitely. with similar. Yeah, 
So the answer was yes, they want to have another one. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, so uh, my email was connected with uh, the LinkedIn Eventbrite um, mm -hmm. for tickets and stuff. So I ended up getting, gosh, you know, like over 50 emails a day regarding tickets and everything. And after the event, especially after it was canceled, there was tons of emails pouring in that was just like, we're really sorry, you know, to hear that it was canceled. If he's ever invited back, please let me know. Uh, if, the, if you're ever hosting another speaker, you know, please let us know. Uh, can I make another donation so he can come back or so we can have another speaker? And even our own yeah. Facebook page ended up getting a lot of messages like that. So there was a lot of support uh, for an event such as this. Do you, ever, do, you a, do you get a sense of isolation? Oh, uh, yeah. On the campus, I mean, we've been over to Berkeley's campus. I mean, you get a lot of. I mean, there are more Democrats and Republicans, is my experience on the UC campuses. I've only I, been on like three or four, but that's you know, and that's my, true. I think yeah. with higher education in general. So, are you guys sort of outliers? In think? my experience, I don't know what happens. Maybe I have a magnet for it, but everyone I meet's a Republican. Um, you do. And, you have and, a magnet. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's just that I'm loud and obnoxious about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so people will come up to me and they'll be like, "Guess what? <laughs> I'm also. I agree." or something like that but that was one of the truly touching things that after our event um, got canceled was the the amount of outreach that we received it was like people from Ohio were messaging us like stay strong this is who I am blah 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 and we support you or it's people from like all over the country and all over um, the college campus that maybe aren't vocal and maybe they don't need to be because of the things that they study because it's it's people that are going to study engineering it's people that are studying more um, diverse um, issues like um, I believe that the only social science major without an overt, like an overt um, gap in between where conservative professors are, is economics, and um, that's that's probably one of the the majors that is filled with the most Republicans. Hmm. Isn't there something fundamentally flawed though about going into a scientific discipline uh, and ranking or rating or classifying professors ideologically? because of their politics. I mean, is it there something, I mean, are we basically, we want better than that or we want more than that? Or? I, in my opinion, they should institute affirmative action for conservative professors because you're twice as likely to be hired if you're a Marxist than if you're a conservative. You're, you're way less likely to be hired if you're a conservative. And defining a Marxist versus a regular kind of run-of-the-mill Democrat. Um, I read about all these things in... Um, in Passing on the Right, it was a book written by two conservative professors, and they profiled, um, and they spoke with everybody anonymously, because they, they do um, experience this intense, um, hostile work environment to where, like, they have, like, swastikas on their doors, and, like, they get all kinds of hate mail. Some, I mean, some of them are perfectly fine in their environment, but it totally depends on where you are, and um, while their advancement in higher education might not completely be because of their ideology. Mm -hmm. I believe that it plays a, it plays an important part in um, them getting grants for their research. There's a woman um, at Harvard. I forget her name at the moment, but she's a historian. She's a historian, and she's a professor there. And she has had a horrible time getting funding for. Um, studies on abortion and the history of it and she, one of her claims is that no woman was ever denied an abortion um, on the basis of legality which I don't know if that's true or not but I'd be interested in reading a study like that just on the basis of legality we've had states that mm -hmm. have had uh, anti-abortion laws because they they disapprove they don't want federal funding California actually had a whole issue of abortions for poor, poor women. The argument was they're being denied because there wasn't funding to provide. Or like, this I believe is a she while was talking back. about like a, a, a pre-Roe v. Wade era. Well, so, I, I mean...
It's before my time, definitely. Um, uh, who are some other guests? If we didn't have uh, Milo and Martin, uh, who would be some other I'd be potential inter- guests you guys would like to have back on campus? I'm really interested in getting Jordan Peterson to come to campus. Um, he's one of the professors in Canada that's having difficulties with um, gender pronouns. They're they're wanting him to use them, and he's refusing. And um, they're trying to push him out of the university. Always use he. That's all you need. Just use he. That's all. Um, yeah, and then solve uh, that problem at Capital Weekly. So, okay. Other than that, I mean, there's people that are doing interesting things with free speech, like Christina Hoff Summers, and with Dave Rubin and um, Camille Paglia would be amazing. Um, further, uh, we'd be interested in having much of anyone that's in the conservative movement and that's going to be doing something in the next coming years. I mean, Tom Cotton's going to be moving around in the Senate and with um, even people in California like Travis Allen and Chad Mays and um, the wonderful mm-hmm. Catherine Baker. Um, and then senators like uh, Janet Wynn and um, I know the recently defeated but never forgotten young Kim. Um, love her. <laughs> now, you were an intern with some fairly middle-of-the-road uh, Republicans, Jim Rolte and the California Republican Party and George Runner. Um, and would they, I mean, have you gotten any feedback from them about, about your activities, about these speeches, about these events? Um, I, I was contacted by a lot of George Runner's staff with um, outreach because a lot of them are UC Davis alumni, um, and it was a lot of support from them. I, I'm not personally friends with George Runner. I, I worked for him. I got to speak with his wife, Sharon, for a good length of time once, and I was really touched by some of the things that she told me. However, um, we weren't we weren't close, and um, we're not in personal contact. Um, however, um, I do believe that George um, would believe um, that we had the right to hold that event, and he would support that very strongly. I mean, we were we were reached out by Kevin Kiley. Um, he publicized our event, and he defended our right to have um, free speech. And um, it, it goes lo- to a larger state of the California University and where it goes next. I mean, we're we're running out of. Um, a chancellor, so that's to be announced pretty mm-hmm. soon, and it's um, Davis plans to actually go into Sacramento, so I imagine that there's going to be a lot of um, political interaction with um, the legislature and with Davis hmm. in mm-hmm. the coming times. Well, on that happy note, I guess we're, we're out of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, thank you very much. Thank, yeah, you. thank you very yeah. much. Thanks for taking the Thanks time for and uh, joining us. Yeah. Alright, and we'll, uh, we'll get this online, and this will be uh, out next week. Yeah. We'll see you next time around. Thank you very much.